Today's podcast is sponsored by SiriusXM. SiriusXM just upgraded their free pre-owned program to give your customers trials on the SXM app with purchase of vehicles without SiriusXM installed. Now, your customers with and without SiriusXM can enjoy the widest variety of entertainment in and out of the car. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Solovich, part of the team at Cherokee Media Group and senior editor at AutoFin Journal and Subprime Auto Finance News. For this episode of the podcast, pleased to welcome one of our frequent and favorite guests, Joe St. John, the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Stone Eagle F&I. Joe, it's great to connect with you. How are you, sir? Nick Zalovich, like I could not be more excited. I I love getting to hang out with you and talk about this crazy business. And um, I'm fired up, man. It is a wild, wild world out there. And I can't wait to talk about what, what is moving in our industry. Very good. Well, appreciate the time as always. And and certainly, we've we've had the chance to to digest uh, three quarters worth of, of data and information uh, from this year so far. And and from your observations and perspectives, what have been the the key ingredients uh, for so much success in the F and I department at dealerships uh, through uh, three quarters this year? You know, so I think that's a, a there's you know there's a lot of data now that we can kind of analyze and. You know, what I find interesting is I can remember, you know, in, in early 2017, and I, and I just saw this report from NADA that I found really interesting. They did a digital retail report. And, you know, what they said was, you know, in 2018, less than 5% of dealers had payment information on their websites, right? Like literally in 2018, less than 5% of dealers had any sort of payment calculator, anything related to the like financial structure and purchase process of a vehicle that was available to a customer via their website. And in 2021, that number is now like 91%. And so I think back to, you know, to, to the early days of the pandemic and what it felt like to be in the world that we're in, which is, you know, selling transportation to customers. And I can remember very, I think we forget very quickly, like I, I like how crazy it felt and how like, terrifying and shocking and overwhelming it was. And not just from, you know, a physical kind of safety perspective, but from an economic perspective, I have good friends that were, you know, that were in States that, you know, they're dealers and the States uh, identified them as non-essential business. And so they, you know, they couldn't sell cars off their showroom. And it's one of the things I love about this business, Nick, is how just how gritty and crafty and creative dealers are. And I can remember in, you know, the early days of the pandemic, right? March of 2020, getting dealers onto webinars to talk about how to sell vehicles remotely to customers that had been doing it for a while. And, you know, seeing dealers out there that were shifting their model to be able to provide significantly better and more information to consumers when that consumer wasn't at their, you know, physical location. And, you know, what I think is interesting is if you draw a line on the graph of front and back PVR from January of 2000 and, 
19 to August of 2021. And you say, okay, if I think that the like inflex point of, you know, digital F&I was somewhere around, you know, between May and June of 2020, really interesting to me is how rapidly front to back gross has skyrocketed. And, you know, when I think about it, I, I spent a lot of time with a lot of people that work at dealerships today. And, you know, at Digital Dealer, I was lucky enough to have dinner with good friends of mine. And I was having dinner with a group from Jermaine and Scott Bond, one of their, their like finance um, directors, uh, he, he said something that really like stuck out to me because I was asked, I was like, you know, when you think about this kind of digitally transparent world we're living in, why do you think there's so much F&I success at the dealership? And it's a question that I don't have a, you know, an aggregated data answer for, but the anecdote he gave me, I thought was really interesting. And, and what Scott said was that mainly the reason um, that he thinks that F&I is, is making more money is because consumers are being more conscious of their budget in the selection of a vehicle. And I think it's actually a really interesting concept. And what, what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times monthly payment was something that would happen at the very end of a shopping experience. And so what you, you know, traditionally have had to battle as a salesperson is your instinct to sell the product that is the coolest to you. And what I mean by that is like, it's easier to do a walk around on a Lariat F-150 than it is on like a basic XLT F-150 because there's lots of really cool stuff to talk about. And, you know, when you're staring at cars all day, they sometimes start to feel like a commodity. And like, you know, you meet someone in the lot that's looking at a pickup and you're like, oh, you know, check out, dude, look at this one. It's got saddle leather seats. And like, and so what happens inadvertently is that sometimes we end up landing customers on cars that are, you know, well outside of their, of their, the budget that they had inside of kind of their mind going into the purchase. And this is something that's happened for as, you know, for as long as I've known about selling cars, right? Since I was selling cars in the nineties, this is an instinct that great trainers help teach salespeople to fight against. And what Scott said at our, at our dinner that I thought was interesting is like, you know, customers are having way more impact on, on selecting vehicles that fit into their budget. So when they make it to an F&I office, they actually have room to be able to add protection options because they haven't just absolutely maxed out their budget by the time they've got back there. And they haven't, you know, stretched out their term and done everything they can to hit to a budget. So, you know, I don't have a like a magic ingredient of why I think there's so much F&I success at dealers since you know the early summer of 2020. I think part of it is demand. I think that it's undeniable that humans today want cars. I think part of it's supply. You have this chip shortage, which has you know, really diminished the supply uh, on the new car side of dealers. And on the used car side, it's impacting used cars in diminishing supply as well, right? I think of the, the Wall Street Journal blog from early August that effectively laid out that the biggest supplier or one of the biggest suppliers of used cars at auctions is rental car companies because they dump cars at a certain mileage level 
And then they go replace them with new units from the factory. And because the chip shortage, the factories are having time, you know, a hard time meeting even the like demands of the contracts to deliver cars to those entities. A lot of those rental car companies are now showing up at auction, not as the supplier, but as a buyer. So they're cranking up the mileage limits and, you know, raising their hand on the lane to battle, you know, dealers for the cars that are there. And so because of that, there's this like trickle down effect that I think is super interesting, Nick. So, you know, you have this inflation of prices due to the like high demand from consumers and, you know, low supply that's driving up the book values on used cars. But if you look at the Mannheim index, it's like 200 points. Like it's insane right now. The amount of, I mean, the graph literally looks like an actual hockey stick because of how high the Mannheim index is running. And so when you think about that, the books are setting their values for used cars based off of the Mannheim index. So what you end up with is book values. I mean, there's vehicles today that have a wholesale book value that's higher than the window sticker was three years ago. And the reason being is that the auction values have driven up those book values, which now means that the lenders are loaning, you know, 120% against a book value that is substantially higher than um, than it was even a year ago or two years ago. And what you see is this, you know, almost like $8,000 increase in the amount financed on used cars from January 19 until August of this year. So this amount financed has gone up really dramatically on the used car side, supported by the book values with terms that are averaging, you know, close to 70 months on average. And I think that part of the success in F&I is that our average F&I rate markup on, on used cars is you know still pretty consistently the same that it's been for the last few years, right? So if you think about rate markup on used cars, it's running around 1.8%, right? Like it's running at this, at this markup and it has been at this kind of average rate reserve markup level for a while. But because the amount financed has gone up pretty dramatically, what you start to see is the, you know, the average finance reserve on, on used cars going from, you know, $634 in January of 19 to $930 in August. And part of that swing is not that we're charging more for the interest um, rate or we're marking up rate more. It's that customers are financing a whole lot more used car. Now, what's interesting about that, Nick, is the percentage of F&I gross that's related to the, um, the, the finance reserve. So like when you think of the total F&I gross increase, the percentage of that that is related to reserve is actually declining. So what's also happening at the same time is that the product attachment rates and the profit per products are going up at a rate faster than finance reserve is. And when you kind of add all these things together, you start to see numbers that look really, 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 really great in the F&I office. And I, you know, when you ask me like, what's the key ingredients? I think there's a lot of ingredients like the amount financed and the availability of credit and the attachment rates of products and the consumers that are now actually starting to shift from new cars to used cars that are, I think, driving up some of these 
I mean, it's, it's a, like a, the ingredients of the salad are all good ingredients right now. And so you're seeing that really impact that F&I profitability. Interesting times uh, indeed, to say the least. Uh, again, our special guest here on the Auto Remarketing Podcast is Joe St. John, the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Stone Eagle F&I. And, and he used the, the great salad analogy, uh, stemming from your conversations with, with your dealer friends, your own observations with, with colleagues. What what might be uh, sustainable uh, these trends or which ones perhaps maybe are are unique here to twenty twenty one as we as we look forward. I'm I'm not very good at uh, at predicting the future and um, you know it, and I, I I actually I used the wrong last name on my buddy Scott it's Scott Cassidy from Jermaine Honda in in Dublin but you know when I talk to F and I managers you know I I, I see this like hunger to do a great job. And, you know, and, and, I, and I, I find it interesting that a lot of them are thinking about ways to really adapt to the movement and what customers' expectations are. When I think about the actual ingredients that are driving this, I mean, I think so many of them are economic factors that are kind of compounding on top of each other. And, you know, Nick, you and I, I think we talked in like quarter one of this year and like, how can it get any better? And I'm like, it's got to hit a ceiling and it's, there's no way. And now I'm like, oh yeah, it's like way better now. And like, so for me, I, you know, I, I think that, that the sustainability of consumers having more autonomy in their purchase process and actually controlling it in a way that benefits the dealership, I hope is something that we see continue, right? I, I hope that we continue to see dealers looking for creative ways to help the customer get themselves on the right unit. And what's interesting to me is, is that perspective from Scott Cassidy. And so I think that, that those things to me are, are, are like the real interesting pieces. You know, the attachment rates continue to go up. And I think that, that consumers aren't against F&I products. Like consumers are against Automotive, like they're not against protection products. Like, let me rephrase that. Consumers aren't actually against protection products. I think a lot of consumers have a negative perception of automotive protection products. I think that we're starting to like to, to combat that. And you know what? What I what I, I think is interesting is you know January of nineteen, the attachment rates on used cars for F and I products was like one point one two. In August this year, it's one point four five, and that kind of like product attachment rate continues to seem to have, you know, a growth across new and used cars. And that growth is the strongest on used cars. And I think a part of that has to do with the fact that, that you've got a lot of consumers that are traditionally new car consumers paying new car prices for pre-owned vehicles. And it makes sense to put some of that protection there. The reason I think that customers aren't opposed to protection is I mean, the, the majority of consumers that have protection on their iPhones, right? That, that are, you know, purchasing an item that's $1,000 and paying 10 bucks a month to cover it for three years with a $100 deductible to replace it if something goes wrong with it. And so I think that as we're moving into this world, hopefully customers are more open to the idea of value delivered by protection, especially as our cars become more complex and more like technology products like a phone. And I think 
that's going to be, you know, the interesting pieces of what we see move forward. Indeed, it's really amazing the the infotainment system, for example, that's that's in a and in a modern vehicle nowadays. Uh, exciting to say the least. Uh, again, our our special guest here on the Auto Remarketing Podcast is Joe St. John, the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Stone Eagle F and I. And and Joe, as you, as you referenced, a digital dealer, uh, you were part of the speaker faculty at, at that event um, and t- discussing how, how digital technology is, is impacting dealership F&I uh, without uh, going into your entire presentation, but just what were a couple of points that, that you tried to emphasize to, to dealerships that you care to share with us now? Yeah, well, I think that there is a narrative that we all kind of understand, right? So when I think about, you know, what's happening in the marketplace around the F&I world and like what is is happening, I think that um, there's a few things, right? Like I think that, and this is, you know, my opinion is that like the world is moving more digital. And I think that that's fairly undeniable. I think dealers are embracing it. I think the NADA study really points to that. You know, as the guest instructor at the academy, I'm at least once a month in a room full of dealers talking about F&I and digital processes related to it. You know, I think that it's going to be exciting for me to see better understanding of F&I as a digital space. What I mean by that is, so one of the things that was kind of weird for me being a digital dealer is, you know, a digital dealer, most of the content is really geared towards like digital marketing and websites and all these you know, these things that I think that we think of in auto as primarily like digital things. And we almost have like this bifurcation of digital processes and digital versus like everything else at the dealership. And I think like, like, I I believe it was just me and one other person were the two speakers at Digital Dealer that were actually focused on F&I. F&I is so inherently ingrained in the process of purchasing a vehicle that I think we're going to continue to see it becoming more and more deliverable to a customer in a way that the customer wants. And so I think that right now you have customers that are more empowered than they've ever been, right? When I was selling cars in the nineties, Kelly Blue Book wasn't a thing, right? Like people didn't, they didn't understand how to go value their own vehicle. They were dependent on the dealers for that information, right? When I was selling cars in the, you know, in the late nineties, People showed up and asked for brochures. Most OEMs aren't even making brochures anymore because the consumer's going online to access all that information. And I think that that is trickling through the process to where now, you know, the point of sale in, uh, of a vehicle is no longer limited to the showroom. It's to wherever the customers are. And I think a lot of that's driven by, you know, OEM pressure, um, a disruptive entrance like Carvana and Vroom. And, and, and now, you know, the, the, the major like, publicly traded dealer groups like Lithia's driveway. And, and so I think that because that's becoming fluid, it's actually dragging the consideration of F&I upstream in the process. And so for me, what I'm hearing anecdotally from you know, people that work at dealerships doing F&I is that they're having to get creative and adapt to new scenarios where you know, the customer is building out their deal and including Gap as part of it. And now their role becomes less about presenting all these secret products and more about educating 
not just the consumer, but the people at the dealership to truly understand the value of these products in new and inventive ways. For me, what I am probably the most like passionate and excited about is I love F&I. Like I, F&I was one of my favorite parts of what my career in car business was. And I have a, like a ton of respect for people that can make it into the F&I office and, and be great at it. And I think that they're an untapped resource in the dealership world of people that can deliver real value from a knowledge and expert, like expertise level to the rest of the organization uh, in auto. And what I really hope that great F&I managers out there that are potentially listening to this too is see this as an opportunity to increase the value that they deliver to their dealerships by actually becoming involved in the digital process. And so what I'm, I'm hoping for is that F&I managers won't you know, quarantine themselves in the like you know, broom closet in the back of the dealership where they typically work, but will move themselves out into the world where the transaction is taking place and start to get more involved in and truly leading the dealer's sales efforts and specifically the dealer's digital efforts. And for me, I think there's a lot of excitement in seeing some of the F&I managers that are doing that and the incredible success that they're having and the incredible, um, like, uh, the incredible impact that they're making. And that's why we're always excited to have Joe St. John, the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Stone Eagle F&I here on the Auto Remarketing Podcast. And, and Joe, to, to, to round us out, uh, certainly don't want to rush anyone by any means uh, since time goes uh, fast enough for all of us. But uh, 2022 is, is in fact, uh, straight ahead. Uh, what what might already be uh, going through your mind as far as uh, F&I and, and other parts of the dealership as, as the new year is, is not far uh, down the road on us? Well, you know, I feel like I keep coming back on your podcast and be like, I was wrong, right? So like, <laughs> like for me, like first part of this year, like quarter one, is like, oh, it's all switching over to use. And then like summer hits, I'm like, actually, it's more new than it is used. I was wrong, right? And now I look at like the September numbers and we actually switched to a 48% new versus used mix, which is um, the lowest it's been since I believe like June of 2020, right? So we dropped down to like 48% in June of 2020. Typically, you know, 19, we ran about 55% new versus used. 2020 ran 53%. We're still running 53% for this year. But in September, it dropped down to 48%. And right now in October, and we're you know, a little over halfway through the month, we're pacing around 47% new versus used. And so for me, that percentage of new mix, I want to keep an eye on because I don't know when the, where the light is at the end of this chip shortage tunnel. And I don't know what impact that's going to keep playing. It's making an impact. And I think it, for some days, I was talking to Kayla Cody from Richmond Ford today. She's the internet director and marketing director and does all the cool like tech things. And she's like, we I, like for us, like, it's actually really great. Like the chip shortage has led to some really po like powerfully positive things inside of our dealership. So for me, like, I just, I think that that's going to continue, like the challenges and benefits of this kind of current world we're in right now. I haven't heard any convincing evidence that the end is nigh to what we've got going on. 
what I feel like I keep hearing is like, oh, we thought it was going to be over by now. And now it's not. We think it's going to be over by here. Oh, wait, wait, no, we're wrong. I think it's going to be over by like, push that out another few months, push that out another few months. And so for me, I think the trends that we're seeing right now are going to be continuing. And what I hope is that um, they provide opportunities for dealers to, to get creative and take risks and try things. Um, because right now, the profitability that we should be experiencing should give us some breathing room to say, okay, where do I think this is going? And how do I start building my dealership to where the puck's going to be, not where the puck is? And for me, I'm seeing some really creative dealers uh, kind of take advantage of that. Very nice. Uh, Joe St. John, the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Stone Eagle F&I. Joe, it's always a pleasure to reconnect with you. Thank you so much for, for sharing not only the data and information that, that Stone Eagle Metrics uh, gathers, but but all the anecdotes you, you share, with all the conversations you have with dealers. I uh, appreciate it so much. Well, thank you, Nick. As always, I these are really fun conversations for me. And there's a lot of stories in this data that, that we should be thinking about as people that love this industry. And um, your passion and enthusiasm always gets me fired up. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And if you've missed any of our past episodes of the podcast, again, simply just go to our website at autoremarketing.com and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes. For fellow hosts, Bill Zedites and Joe Overby, as well as our executive producer, Matt Rice, I'm Nick Zulovich. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by SiriusXM. SiriusXM just upgraded their free pre-owned program to give your customers trials on the SXM app with purchase of vehicles without SiriusXM installed. Now, your customers with and without SiriusXM can enjoy the widest variety of entertainment in and out of the car.